The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock podcast. This is the match preview between Leeds United and Everton on Wednesday night. And my name's Adonis, and you know me as the Adelites on Twitter. It's a very good hello from me. And joining us for the Roaring Peacock is Barney. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. I'm very good, thank you. And uh, the stranger in I missed a toffee in Peacock's clothing, uh, BBC Radio Leeds presenter and proud (laughs) Evertonian. Adam Pope. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, so, Puppy, only one place to start um, that game at the King Power Stadium last night. Which I honestly believe tops the performance at Goodison Park, uh, which I had as the best Legion United performance of the season in the Premier League, even better than the Villa one, although Bielsa will disagree. I just thought... What we saw at Leicester was fantastic. There was a maturity about the performance and the fact that they saw it out really well with the third goal and managed the game well. They overcame a difficult obstacle in the way Leicester shaped up for the second half. And the fact they overcame a really difficult opponent who had been really good in midweek at Everton in a one or draw. Um, and great goals and just so many good individual performances. The collective thing was fantastic in every department. I, honestly, I thought it was brilliant. A real game and performance to remember and savour. Okay, and but for Everton, it wasn't such a, a fantastic last game. So Ancelotti said they lacked spirit and were lazy as they went down 2-0 to Newcastle. So how was that for you, Popey? Probably uh, the, the polar opposite of the Leicester-Leeds game. Yeah, Leeds rescued the weekend. I mean, honestly, Everton stank the gaff out on... Saturday lunchtime, they were they were awful. Uh, you know, Newcastle have done the double now over Everton, and of course Leeds have done the double over Newcastle. And I think, although Newcastle had shown signs in that second half against Leeds that they were putting something together, not quite sure what, but whether it was just Sam Maxim or whatever, but they showed a spirit and a togetherness that they hadn't showed in the in the previous half. To be fair, I think Ancelotti's right. You know, they. Everton, well, is it? It's like it literally Newcastle wanted that bit more, which I hate saying that when it's two professional clubs going head to head. But Callum Wilson should have had a hat trick. And I've got to be honest, Everton didn't offer anything in, in response, to be quite frank. So it was a really dispiriting performance. And you've got to be honest, for all the, all the great run, the two big runs that Everton have had this year, a result like that absolutely kills any hope if you're getting top four. So for me, they are hopefully a cup this year, but a top six finish is doable. But stuff like that just makes you wonder whether they're just going to fall a little bit short. It's strange, strange one, isn't it? Because when we talked before the, uh, before the Everton Leeds game earlier in the season in November, we were looking at Everton as, as being maybe even a title contender or just because there'd been so many wacky, results this season and um, and it seems to have all dropped off a little bit can you can you tell us what's gone wrong yeah I think I think with Everton you've got a really strong 11 
Anne, I think, with the with the signings that came in. And they've missed Allen, and they definitely missed Allen through his injury in the last game against Newcastle. Um, you know, Harmes is a brilliant player, and as we saw with the with the goal the other night um, against uh, against Leicester, I mean, it was he's just got that quality that can that can change a game. And and I do compare him to Rodrigo. I think he's further down the line in the Premier League than Rodrigo is in terms of you know, the effect that he's having mm. at Everton, comparatively speaking. So you know, there's there's two players that are absolutely absolutely key to it. Godfrey's been superb, but the big thing I think the chances and when they have come, um, have dried up somewhat. But also Calvert-Lewin has, has just shown that there's no backup to him. And Cenk Tosin's gone out. Not that he was ever going to be good enough to, to back him up, but he's now gone gone back you know, to, to Turkey, if you like. So there's no real backup there. And I think there's a similarity, if you, if you like, with, with Leeds in the sense that who else is going to you know, smash the goals in? If if DCL isn't going to do that, Richarlison should be capable of doing it. He's brilliant. But do you know what was really what I've noticed with Everton and certain players? I I watch. We have a, a like an internal stream here that that match the day takes. So we've been watching the games because we've been restricted from travelling to away games on this special stream that has no commentary on it. So you just hear the the well the coach effects and the player effects, if you like. And what I noticed there was the amount of babysitting they do for Richarlison all through the game. Come on, Richie, keep going, keep going. And it's like having to keep a kid focused the whole time. And I think there's an element that when he's not on it as well, Everton really suffers. So there's a few elements, if you like. Um, Pickford making a mistake the other day, not great. Again, I thought he might have been dropped for Newcastle. So there's there's little things here and there that are just stopping Everton from being a, a real force just at the moment. But I have to say, from a prediction, I think they're on track and he's got them going in the right direction. He's a card-carrying, top-class, world-class manager and he's he's getting stuff out of a side that I didn't expect. But we're probably another transfer window away from being serious contenders. Okay, so Barney, um, just quickly then, what, what, what are your thoughts being on Everton? Have they impressed you this year? They've impressed me in parts, but I think it's a lot. There's a lot of individuals there that don't play as a team in some in some games. Um, I think it's obviously still a building process with them. The amount of money the owners invested in the team, and also with a new stadium as well. And um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were saying that uh, Everton's revenue is in the top twenty of Europe now. So I think that what the owners doing there is fantastic. But I think to break into the top four so quickly is a big ask. I don't think other podcasts exist, Barney. Um, <laughs> back when Leeds still had to have 20 shots to score one goal, um, we had what what I considered our best performance of the season, as you did, Perpy, be- before last night. Um, so let's talk about that game then at Goodison Park. Um, we talked beforehand about your cross-allegiances in your heart um, and we were kind of speculating as to how it might be, um, but how, how actually, how was it? I think, in the sense that it was an Everton defeat, it was it was because it was so deserved. I think there was there was a lot of joy to be had, obviously, for me to see Leeds do so well in putting in such a great and a great goal as well. But the performance was brilliant. I think it would have been harder if it had been a, a difficult defeat to swallow, in the sense that. It wasn't deserved, but honestly, I genuinely thought Leeds were that good that day. So, and also, you, you know, you've not got the crowd around you. You've not got family 
nearby you know you're not going to see them afterwards and stuff so it changed the whole sort of feeling of it so mm. it was a really proud moment to do it and I you know like a, a, I gave the program and the team sheet to my brother and it was a massive blue and I know essentially it's a defeat and you know one that they want to forget but it, it's just a shame personally that the day wasn't how I always envisaged it to be um not least in in, in the result for Everton too but Honestly, professionally and from a Leeds point of view, it, I, I just thought it was it was just such a great performance. And I really thought there's been a few sort of announcements this season, like, you know, Jack Harrison's goal at Liverpool, which is worthy of winning the game. You know, that I thought, great. Straight at the beginning of the Premier League season, that's a great start. But the Everton game was a real mark in the sand as well. Villa was extraordinarily good. But I just felt the Leicester game is the one that says, wow, Leeds are a force to be reckoned with in the Premier League now. And for next season, you know, do not take or treat them lightly at your peril. And I just felt there was elements of that in the Everton game as well. That's how good it was. I imagine you were hoping for a three-all draw, something like that, end-to-end and very exciting and something for everybody. Yeah, the, 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 I think I had so many people get in touch saying, oh, how are you going to be? You know, should you be doing this game? All that sort of stuff. It was never going to be an issue for me, really, honestly. Um, it just wasn't... Uh, be it 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 it, it, it doesn't say it doesn't enter your head because it does because people mention it but it wasn't it was never going to be an issue i think i prepared myself mentally for it you know a year in advance you know or maybe two years until the derby game um but uh so it wasn't going to be an issue for me but i just wanted to do it as well as i could and i think because leeds was so good and pretty much dominant and so deserving to win it made my job as the bbc radio leeds commentator that bit easier I don't know about how you felt how you felt the game went, Barney, but for me it was like one of those games where I didn't think there was going to be a goal, um, especially for Leeds. Harrison was especially unlucky with the narrow shot wide that Rafinha had played him in. He hit the post off a header and there was a, um, a shot blocked off the line. Um, and Melier was looking like he wasn't going to get beaten at the other end. Um, what were your thoughts on that Everton game? I thought, uh, obviously, I'm going to have to mention Phillips. I, I mean, he, he was absolutely fantastic in that game. I think uh, the Premier League stood up and realised how, how good a midfielder he was. Um, the, we've, we've been used to those sort of games, haven't we, in the Championship under Bielsa, where we've just dominated teams just, and the amount of chances we've had, but it's, it's always come. And I think the difference was that when... Because Rafini came on, didn't he? I think that was the difference when we had the when, when we had class on the bench that could make the difference there. I'm amazed you can remember so much of the game, you know. So I can literally <laughs> remember I remember Rafinha making a sort of interception and darting away from the edge of the penalty area, which was I thought, wow, this this guy's something. I think he's been different gravy since we first set Iceland, but his goal was sensational that day. Uh, I think it sort of megged on the way through, didn't it? But I mean, he meant every ounce of it. It was brilliant. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but I'm a mate. I mean, you, you reminded me of stuff now. I've forgotten. You know, Harrison hit hit the the post, and I think yeah, there was a great chat, another great chance for him. Yeah, when you think about it, yeah, I just thought they were they were just so worthy winners on the day, and I, and I think you know Everton were the sort of talk of the town, really, weren't they at the time as well? Mm. It's like oh, you know, our lead's going to cope with this, and they. Everton never got in their stride. And I know they had a few personnel issues uh, on the day too. And um, But Leeds totally, totally took advantage of them. And uh, yeah, worthy, worthy winners. They, they, they really were. Yeah, we've we've seemed to hit a few clubs when they were sort of flying and on form and, and at the top of the league. We we did that with 
Spurs, I think we did it with Chelsea as well. Um, and Leicester, obviously, last night and, and Everton as well. And and I thought Everton and Leicester were the exception because we were well beaten Chelsea and, and Spurs. And, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah. I think with um, Ancelotti, he's, he's very much of a, like a Bielsa. He likes to play football, he likes to attack, and that's when it opens up for us. Mm. I think when we were playing um, Spurs, obviously it was very Mourinho, wanting to hit us on the break. Same with Leicester as well. Yeah, I mean, you, we're talking about Rafinha as well, and I grew up watching, you know, Ronaldinho, and um, the first World Cup I rem- can remember was 1994, with um, Romario and, of course, England were in it. So I was kind of supporting Brazil, as every little kid does. And so to now have a Brazilian winger causing all sorts of chaos um, for, for in a white shirt, uh, and probably similar for you as well with Richarlison. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the, the great thing, firstly from Rafinha's point of view, I think where he's different to me than the other wingers at the club and 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 most of the, he can he loves to get in centrally and as we saw like can play almost that number 10 role too i mean that pass was was everything hernandez can do mm. you know the one that set up bamford what have you and this is what i like about he, there's a, there's an there's an unpredictability about him and i think the the term that Bielsa uses is that you know the unbalance in the game isn't it that's exactly what he does and but he does things at such pace with such thought and and his his execution is nearly unerring every time. It's 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 brilliant. And also he does the dirty stuff. I mean, how many times you see him back, you know, back in the final third, which is great. And when you compare him to some of the other like with Charleston, say, not quite sure he does that the same way for Everton. Mm. Uh, nor say an Awobi, who's playing sort of right wing back stroke winger, if you like, for for Everton, I think there's a difficulty where his leads it's drilled into them from the start, and I think that's where that's where he is the complete Bielsa player, isn't he? He's a beautiful winger. He's got all the tricks, the skills. He's got goals in him as well, but he does everything that's needed for the team. And he must be frightening to play against. Mm. He, he must be, you know. He's and and the swiftness at which he's adapted to Premier League life and Bielsa life. You can't underestimate that. He hasn't had the pre-season that everybody else has had, or a lot of the players have had. And he's kept up to pace and he's kept everybody else down. He's the first winger now. He's the best winger. You know, Harrison's been brilliant the way he's evolved. But those two are leaving everybody else behind and Rafinha's the pick of the bunch. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that I love about, about Rafinha is the, the flames in his eyes. He, <laughs> he, he wants it. He wants it. So he's so hungry every time to get goals, to get the ball. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't get lost in games. You don't need to carry him. He's the one who's making it happen, and he certainly did that at Goodison Park. Um, So let's move on now to Wednesday night and have a look at that. Now, if you thought there wasn't enough disclaimers at the start of uh, every one of these Roaring Peacock podcasts, then we're going to have to add another one because we're recording this on deadline day. So we don't know about injuries or even new signings. Well, I can say, like, there's there's no expectation of new designer. Don't go to bed just yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, um, look, I, I I genuinely don't think, I think I'd be amazed if there's a new signing of any note that comes in. Mm. Um, I mean, Bielsa said after the game, he said, I'm not expecting any wins out. I think any outs will be the likes of your J. Roy Grotz, you know, coming out from injury and going on another loan somewhere. 
I think Rafa Majik has been been linked with another move, hasn't he? He's already out on loan. You know, people just aren't part of the plans at all. I mean, a lot of talk about Oli Casey being linked with the MK Dons. They've Keogh went to Richard Keogh went from there to Huddersfield Town recently. They're wanting a permanent signing. So will they be up for paying? whatever percentage of Premier League wages and will they give them the game time that Leeds will demand as well mm. so I think that's right in the balance Connor Shotness is another one who's not featured at all really other than one I think cup game under Bielsa as I understand it there's there's not been that much interest maybe a bit but you know there's a deal to be done there to either get them out of the club or or, or move them on somewhere. but that I think that's the level you're talking at. I'd be amazed if there was some sensational signing today you know in or out to be quite to be quite honest It'd have to be a Rafinha-style last-minute opportunity, wouldn't it? Um, Barney, do you think that we need to make a signing last minute? No, I don't. No, I don't, to be honest, because there are players coming back from injury. I mean, the the big thing is always the uh, centre-backs pairings. With the, There's a lot of centre-backs, but Berardi's coming back from injury. And maybe, just maybe, we might see Forshaw play again this season. <laughs> I laugh, but... but I think if any sort of Premier League side is making a lot of signings in January or a couple of signings, it's starting to look a little bit desperate. And I don't think we're at a point where we are desperate to get any players in. So do we know anything about injuries? Um, because Rodgers went, Rodrigo went off and um, <laughs> and Rafinha, of course, but he had strapping already there. Uh, even Bamford hobbled off, but that's just the dead leg, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that on the latter case, I think Bamford's fine, and he was he's been speaking on national radio today, and certainly not that it affected his voice in any way. But uh, there was no suggestion that his injury was going to keep him out of uh, Wednesday. He didn't talk about having any any issues, but uh, and didn't sound injured, if that makes sense. Right. Um, Ro- Rodrigo, I think he basically ruled him out more or less, didn't he? After the game when, when we spoke to Bielsa, it was weirdly because when he did. <laughs> When he did his, his groin, um, Noel reenacted it. Noel Whelan reenacted it on BBC Radio Leeds. Not that anybody could see because uh, it's on radio, but he's sort of in his joggers in our sort of socially distanced room because we're not allowed to travel to the away games at the moment. He um, he sort of did the stretch with his left leg, trailing with his right, showing just how that groin muscle goes. Very painful. And then, and not a sight I want to, amend, to remember. And then, did he do his groin while showing yeah. you? <laughs> and I had to administer my Florence, my best Florence Nightingale, right. of course. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, I think he's out. Um, not least, he should be out if he if he, if he ever watches. No, do that again. It's, uh, it was a not a pleasant experience. Um, as for, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, you say he was holding sort of the top front edge of his thigh, wasn't he, as he went mm. off? And um, look, we'll hopefully we'll find out more today which is no good obviously for you on the on the podcast but um i wonder if they'll give him right to the last minute you just wonder don't you whether or do they think hang on do we do we leave it alone and wait for the wait for the next game which is obviously on the monday now isn't it and, and we'll see but you know it's like he doesn't take chances does he on players and mm. um, we don't think anyway so if there's any doubt he, he will leave him out with a thought but it wasn't cut and dry that he would miss out on Wednesday. I think Rodrigo would be the one that we wouldn't miss that much because Clicky came on and he did fantastically. It was back to the old Matthias Click, I thought. Um, So I'm just a bit conscious of time. So we'll move on to just asking you both uh, the one to watch. So one to watch from Everton. Who's who's the player that's going to 
drag Everton back into form? So much depends on Rodriguez James. Honestly, he's I think he makes everything tick. And uh, much as you were talking about Rafinha never shying away from the ball, nor does he. And he's got a beautiful way of opening up play too. So if he ticks, then then things will happen. Um, and obviously DCL's got to get back on the score sheet at, at some point soon. But if, it, if it's one player, it's harmless for me. Barney? For me, um, it's Pickford. I think he's making far too many mistakes for a side that wants to get into the top six, let alone the top four. I mean, it's been the discussion for the last couple of seasons with Pickford where he'll be fantastic in some games. And in some games, it just completely, totally loses his head. And I think if you're a top side, you can't have a goalkeeper like that. Would you concur, Perpy? Yeah, he seems to make the errors for, for Everton as opposed to England, doesn't he? And mm. hence, you know, that gate sticks with him. But I've got to say, the, the, the one the other night against Leicester, it was, I know it's gone through bodies, but he's he's got to be turning that round the post too. And my my worry is that he, I always describe him as a box of frogs and it's he's just too active. At times, and I know he's working on it as well, and he's a brilliant shot stopper. And he'll, you know, he'll make three brilliant stops, but then he'll just let the one that really costs you the points, you know, go. It, it, it is, a, it is definitely a problem, and I agree with you there, Barney. Um, I thought they would have dropped him for the Newcastle game and put Olsen in. To be quite honest, not that I'm blaming him for any of the goals, but um, so there's probably no reason why he won't play now on Wednesday, but. You're right. He's he's definitely a weakness, and and Everton will not be a top four side if that continues. Okay, so let's have some match predictions. You will receive points for how well you've done. Um, I can't remember what you said last time. I can try and find it in a second. Um, but you get one point for predicting a win, draw, or loss. You get two extra points for predicting the exact scoreline. You get one point for a goal scorer, but to stop you gaming the system. And naming every player in both teams, you get minus one for every incorrect goal scorer predicted. All right. 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Really open game. Mm-hmm. Bamford and Calvert-Lewin the scores. Some safe scorers there. Um, Popey and Barney? I think it's going to be 2-0 to us. I, I, think Harrison's, I think Harrison's going to score. And... I think Cooper will score from a set piece. Wow. You really love those minus points there for the, <laughs> for the goal score predictions. No, we've looked good from corners, actually. We, we, yesterday, we looked really good with uh, our set pieces. We looked really dangerous. And Leicester looked like, Leicester looked like Leeds at set pieces. They couldn't defend them. I do think it's an area where Leeds have got better in terms of defending them. I'd be able to sort of disagreed a little bit the, the other day but I think incrementally there's been some small gains lately um, we don't seem quite as vulnerable and I do agree look a little bit more threatening too but I think that's coming all around a slightly more aggressive approach to games and Strauch's been for me at the core of that mm. It was mature wasn't it against Leicester it, it, there, there were times where we where we made tactical fouls to stop them breaking through the middle um, where we, we had a free kick and we didn't take it quickly. We got some men into the box and crossed it in, which was rather enjoyable. Did Noel like that? Yeah, I, I, he, he has, because it's something that he's talked about quite a bit, um, particularly the um, the darker arts, which there's no way they'll be 
maintenance by by the head coach. It probably fine them all, isn't it? About ten weeks' wages for for tripping players up and stuff. But but yeah, I think seeing more robust challenges, and I don't just mean Cooper putting Perez on his backside at the end, but just seeing people getting close contact at corners. And I think there was one where they went for VAR to look at the penalty, didn't they? Mm. Where, but basically it was just 50-50, wasn't it? Cooper on his, on his man, sort of it's a little bit of WWE, but nothing too. You couldn't really give it against one or the other, if you like. And I think that's encouraging. And I think, honestly, I think Strauss' performance at the back, coming onto the ball so much makes him stronger. And he sees the game in front of him. And I think there's a height and a presence there that's been lacking in his relative as a small team. And I just think he quite likes to tackle as well, doesn't he? He's a bit of leads about Stroud mm-hmm. like that. And um, so that, and I just think that's coming to the fore a bit more now. Maybe they are just being a little bit more canny, if you like, when it comes to um, you know winning the things that need to be winning at crucial times and slowing the game down when they need to. I think for me, with the set pieces we've been defending, in the media, it's all about the man, man-to-man marking. And I think in the set pieces recently, we've actually made it really hard when we're marking our man mm. not to get to the ball. So it's either the ultimate t- uh, tug of the shirt or something like that, which makes it really hard. But a question for you, Perpy. Do you think Stroke has been, Stroke has been given that role like Janssen had, where it was a free role in, in the set pieces, where he, he would just see where the ball was going to go and he'll head, head it out? It's a good point, Barney, actually, because you know we know that Leeds are very much man-to-man under Bielsa, don't we? So I'd probably have to see that develop over a few games. It's not something that suddenly came to my mind, but he's certainly dominating, isn't he, in a way that I'm not saying quite as clearly as Janssen did. That was definitely his role, wasn't it? He was like the free man, wasn't it, to go and attack stuff. Um, but he seems to be getting on the end of, of, of a lot of things. you know. But also, um, not just that, though, Barney, for me, but is he... It's not just... You know, some of the teams that Leeds were meant to be struggling around with, you know, West Brom's mafia, they wouldn't play the ball out like he's done or intercept and pass at the same time or put a cute little header into an area where Stuart Dallas might just get it to go and set up the, the you know, the final goal. You know, there's, there's a lot of thought and intelligence in, about his plays. There's a bit of craft about them and we know he's got a pass on him, as we saw, I think it was against Charlton last season, wasn't it? And at Derby in the, in the closing stages of the game set, of the season there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's there to defend for me and that's his best position. And I think he could be really dominant. Um, whether whether he's going to be given a free roll, I, I don't see that under the Bielsa style. It doesn't really fit in. But at the moment, he's, he's certainly staking a claim to it. Although it has been a low bar at this point, hasn't it? As to <laughs> who gets to first at the corners and what have you. But um, now he's been, he's been great. I'm really pleased with him because he was getting some pelters for his uh, defensive midfield role, wasn't he? That he was filling in for... Um, for Calvin so no this is where he's best on that left side uh, or the, sorry on that right side in fact yesterday wasn't it as opposed to the left side I thought he was I just thought he was sensational in, in every aspect if anybody was my man of the match it might have been him actually last night if we see him uh, heading bricks in uh, at <laughs> then we know that he's in the in the he's in the right footsteps okay so uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for uh, i did just want to say popey i totally agree with that var decision and i loved how quick it was it only took about five seconds they were checking oh no nothing in that get on with it and the other thing i i loved as well which i know barney will appreciate was that cooper tackle oh yeah yeah it was, it was like proper back to 1990 football get in get into him <laughs> love it <laughs> 
<laughs> it was, wasn't it? And he put him on his backside, which was great. It was all fair. But also, you know, you were talking about like the little things, like there was a couple of yellows that Leeds picked up, wasn't it? But mm. Strout just left a little bit in on the uh, on the over the on the foot of uh, Perez earlier on, just sort of letting to know let know who's around, stuff like that that we don't really see too much of from Leeds players. But yeah, that's um evolving, maturing, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just a canniness that they need to, to do. But it's the aggre- the controlled aggression. That's what I like it's, about it. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of his Harry Potter reference, a bit of Slytherin coming into the uh, Dumbledore, <laughs> Bielsa's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. What I did like about it, though, is that Perez just got straight back up and you don't get that in the game anymore. Where That tackle like that. Any other? I mean, Grealish, you'd probably be dying and dying of something. I'll be curious <laughs> to see how happy you are with the, those dark arts when they uh, when the, when they come at Everton on Wednesday night, Perfy. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. just uh, very quickly, then final thoughts from 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 you, uh, Perfy. Yeah, um, I, I, honestly, I think with the pitch being laid, if it's if it sort of lives up to billing. It's going to suit Leeds, definitely. I think there will be a response from Everton, and I do think it could be a pretty open game and uh, yeah, a bit of a ding-dong. So I could see it being a draw. I think Leeds go in favourite, though, for me at, the, at this point. And we're just hearing, it looks like Rochdale for Connor Shotnessy. There you go. Okay. That's breaking news. Um, well, we think. <laughs> and you, Barney? Um, for me, I know we've been talking about no transfers in or no new signings, but hopefully we'll see how the grass performs mm-hmm. under Bielsa Ball. That'll be a, a good thing. Um, but I think the, the fact that we've beat—I don't want to use the old football cliche, but I am—is <laughs> the fact that we've beaten Leicester, and I think that's going to give them a hell of a lot of confidence coming into the game. Radio, then. So that was your match preview uh, podcast from the Roaring Peacock. Yet another podcast that's 63 now i think it is um so well done if you've listened to them all um and um how is the mental ward now um if you haven't you can subscribe and my name is adonis you can follow me on twitter at the adelites and it's a very goodbye from me and you can follow barney at barney underscore 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 21 on twitter thank you yeah give us a follow poker you used to follow my old account oh wow uh, okay <laughs> will do Please, I'm not shy. Please, please, Mr. <laughs> please, Mr. Popey, sir. Won't you? Won't you follow me? It would make me awfully happy. And it's a very goodbye from uh, Adam Pope. See you later. Come on, Leeds. Most of our stats come from LUFC stats or LUFC data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. <laughs>